Hello, and thank you for joining us on the Stay Healthy Spokane podcast, aimed at helping you live an active, healthy, and enjoyable life in and around Spokane, Washington. Brought to you by Gordon Physical Therapy. And now, here's your host, Dr. Luke Gordon. Hey everybody, this is Luke Gordon. Thank you for joining me on today's episode of the Stay Healthy Spokane podcast. It's been a little while since we recorded our last episode um, with the holidays and everything, but I'm very excited to be back with another guest interview today, which again, I think is a little more entertaining than me monologuing, although I have another monologue coming up, so just fair warning. Um, So today's guest is Emily Farish. She is a local acupuncturist here in Spokane. Uh, The name of her business is Emily Farish Acupuncture, so that's easy to remember. Um, And today we're going to talk about just kind of the introductory uh, topics associated with acupuncture, so just kind of a general baseline. Um, So if you're not familiar with acupuncture or um, what it involves or what the methodology is or who can benefit from it, uh, Emily is going to share all that with us. Uh, Part of her business also is herbal medicine. And I'm guessing that herbal medicine and acupuncture are complementary type things. So we're going to go into that as well. So this should be a good episode. Um, Again, if you want to learn more about acupuncture and just the basics, who it helps, what it does, what you can expect, um, this will be right up your alley. So Emily, thank you for joining me. Thank you, Luke. So happy to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to get some information because I don't know that much about acupuncture either. So, you know, part of the podcast is my own personal benefit and uh, we'll just share it with the listeners. So absolutely. You got it. Awesome. So why don't we just dive into um, your history? So who are you? Where are you from? What's your Mm -hmm. story? So my name is obviously, you know, Emily Farish. I'm originally from the San Juan Islands in Washington State. So I was raised there and uh, from a little island, Orcas Island there. So my whole family's there. And I came to Spokane and people will ask me, oh, did you come here for the nature? Like, well, yes. Well, while I love the nature, I came here because of my husband. So basically we were dating long distance and then I moved, took the leap, moved out here and I was terrified, opened up my clinic, you know, and just didn't know anyone really. And then from there, I just met the most wonderful people here in Spokane. It's been an absolute blast living here. I love the people. I do love the nature here, absolutely. And I just really love collaborating, you know, with providers here in Spokane. It's just, it's a really, it's a community where I feel that we really do care. Everyone cares about people just feeling better and improving their health in general. And I feel that as we all collaborate together, then that just benefits everyone. You know, it's just a win-win situation. So I really, really feel very honored to practice here. Awesome. So how long have you been in the area then? Uh, this will be my fourth year in 2020. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you're still kind of somewhat new. Yes. Mm-hmm. Very good. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then how long have you been practicing acupuncture? Since 2012 slash 13. So yes, like the licensed part. Yeah. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Versus the unlicensed Versus in school for six years <laughs> full time. So I, I, my training was in California, even though I'm a Washingtonian native. And back then, you know, the the passing the board in California was at 20%. So the uh, at that point in time, we were licensed as primary care uh, providers in California. So there's a lot of training in California. And since there was these very rigorous exams, it actually, they would say, oh, it's a master's course. You can graduate in three to four years. Well, it was six for me, full-time. And I am very grateful for that knowledge. I don't know if things have changed in California since then. 
in Washington State, we are allied providers, practitioners, so we are not primary care. Uh, so at that point in time, it was six years full-time. So from day one, you are in clinic for yeah. six years. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. A lot of training. A lot of training. And it's not just the acupuncture. That's one facet underneath the umbrella of Chinese medicine. So like Western medicine, right, is this huge beautiful medicine topic, right, subject, you have physical therapy underneath Western medicine, you have uh, surgeons, right, you have specialists. So it's part of it is the lack of uh, education from my my profession in terms of educating the public about what does an acupuncturist actually do, right? What is it, right? And then also what can they do where they live in practice? And sometimes it does this depend on the state in which they practice versus an MD, I believe you're just an MD and you can kind of do your, you know, practice underneath that wherever you go within the United States. In, uh, in, United, in, in the United States, it just kind of depends. Uh, in, for example, in California, if you are a licensed acupuncture, you can order labs, in Washington State, not yet or not as of today. Uh, so I just loved living there, learning. And then after that, I lived in Asia for two years. And then after that, I did a residency program for two years, specializing in the pulse diagnosis, which is the original diagnostic tool in Chinese medicine, to, to really simplify three to 5,000 years of people arguing how long this medicine has been around. It's changed a lot to really summarize it. I tell people, there's two things to remember about Chinese medicine. It's old and there's a lot of information and a lot of different theories. Just like in Western medicine, there, you know, the foundational theories are there, but then there's a lot of different theories behind that. For example, the argument between bacteria and viruses. Well, that didn't happen back in Hippocrates' time, right? But they knew there was something, but they just didn't have the terms or the knowledge to differentiate yet. Well, same thing with Chinese medicine. Historically, it has evolved. The foundational theories are there as well, but they didn't have, you know, petri dishes. They didn't have penicillin back then. They didn't have the tools or lab reports. So they had to develop something to differentiate patterns. Why does this person have pain here? Why does this person have inflammation here versus this person doesn't? So they came up with diagnostic tools, such as reading the radial artery on the left and right wrist, looking at the ear, looking at the tongue. Now, do they look at lab reports today? Absolutely, they do. It's just all about information in terms of how to help a person. That's fascinating. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Interesting background, and I had no idea down in like a different state like California that you could actually function more closely like a like a physician essentially, right, or like a healthcare provider. Yes, you um, can, and I, I don't know if things have changed since then, but at least that was a part of my training, and I feel very grateful that at least I have. You know, if I look at something and say, oh, okay, I know there's more, you know, inflammatory markers here for this person or if they bring that. I know what they're talking about. You know, I know what drug interactions do. You know, trained in that, especially herb drug interactions was part of my training. Not saying that traditional Chinese medicine practitioners, so for example, most people will say I'm a licensed acupuncturist just to simplify things. Some have an herbal medicine pharmacy where they dispense Chinese herbs. Some don't. Some people just go to school and study the acupuncture portion and don't necessarily involve the Chinese herbs. So I think it really just depends on the practitioner. Some people, for example, just specialize in sports or orthopedic acupuncture. Some people do more of the internal medicine. So to summarize Chinese medicine in general, 
it's a very broad, very flexible medicine, and you can cater to how you, you know where you want to focus. So, for example, uh, different physical therapists, you know, they they may have a demographic they may specialize in or a technique like manual therapy versus exercises, or more heavier in this department or another. Uh, same thing with movement. You know, you could be trained as a ballet dancer, but you focus in yoga when you work with people. So, I think it's really that's why I really love this medicine because it's very broad, very dynamic. I mean, in the end, it's it basically it's acupuncture needles and it's Chinese herbs and nutrition is behind that too, which I love. So when I lived in Asia, I helped to be a part of a team of providers in in Southeast Asia and to help counsel people through big lifetime changes, health changes. So people would come for one to six months. I was at this uh, retreat center in Southeast Asia. And so I would lecture on traditional Chinese medicine dietetics or food is medicine. Why does, do these particular foods really serve this particular type of constitution? So that's another facet of Chinese medicine that isn't necessarily utilized, but is when you go to an acupuncturist, they may talk to you about foods that may really be very important for you to really accelerate your health. Yeah. Yeah. That's fascinating. So I guess, mm -hmm. I mean, a good way to look at it for you is, you know, your umbrella is Chinese medicine mm -hmm. and acupuncture is just one of, one, the, component. one of the tools in your tool bag to help people yes. with the ultimate goal of wellness yes. and fulfillment and things like that. Yes. Um, which I feel like, you know, in, in Western society, especially everything is much more compartmentalized. Yes. So again, like the average person listening, you're an acupuncturist. Yes. You stick needles in people to yes. help them with whatever yes. you're trying to help them with, and that's what you do. Whereas from your perspective, it's a little more holistic. Yes. You know, you're going to help the person however you can. Yes. And if acupuncture is part of that, great. Yes. And if, uh, like Chinese said, herbs is a part of it, then great. part of it. Nutrition mm -hmm. is part of it. Mm -hmm. um, I imagine counseling, um, you know, just talking to your clients and mm -hmm. counseling them through, well, hey, you know, maybe here's a positive thing you could change in your life, mm -hmm. stress management, anxiety. Mm -hmm. A lot of uh, movement therapy in Chinese med medicine. So, for example, qigong or breathing exercises, that's just mm -hmm. a form of tai chi, is a form tai chi. of movement therapy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. All very complimentary. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, you know, a lot of people we have on the podcast are similar-minded. Yeah. You know, say, well, actually, when you treat the person, you have to treat the whole person. Yes. It's a holistic approach. It's an integrative approach yes. at its best. Yes. You know, yes – so-and-so specializes in the orthopedic aspect or the other aspect, but you have to have someone who sees the big picture yes, and can kind of direct things. And yeah, so I don't think we're quite there yet, um, obviously in Western medicine, but um, enough of us are talking about it, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so Yes. Hey, yeah. we're human, you know, it's all, about, I always say it's about the process, not perfection. You know, we do our best that we can. And even as providers, it's like you, we try our best, right, you know, to give the tools that we see that may really help a person. And so that's why I really love practicing Chinese medicine. And I, I fell in love with acupuncture because it just, um, it just really changed me. And it wasn't like I got one treatment and everything was, you know, fine. I had no more pain or health issues or anything. It really was this process that I engaged with. And I, I, I literally fell in love with it. And I said, wow, I was already getting prerequisites. I didn't know if it was nursing school or going to, you know, medical training I get to become an MD. But I, I was going through the process. And at that point, I was living in the Bay Area. 
And I was actually mugged at gunpoint. And so I, from that point, I had so much pain and trauma. I was also in a really debilitating car accident previously before that. So it was just like this pain and then this event that just also compounded it. And I was offered a acupuncture treatment. I was recommended it. A friend of mine said, I think you should really try acupuncture. I was afraid to go out at night. I... It, it was a physiolog- it was a physical response that I was having. And so I went, I received the treatment, and it was very, very significant for me. And at that time, I was taking some public health courses, and I remember telling the director, you know, I think I'm just really tired of writing about health. I don't know what it is. I feel like I need to do something with my hands. And it was, and it was from that moment for me saying it out loud uh, that I just... I didn't know where I was going to go. And then I, but I, I had inquired to go to this Western herbal medicine school, actually up north of the Bay Area. And I think it was a month later that they contacted me. And I'd submitted an application, I don't know, maybe a year before that. And they said, oh, you're accepted. And so I moved uh, up north. I was so happy to leave um, the Bay Area. Bay Area is very nice. Don't, don't, don't get me wrong. I just don't want to live there and uh, go find a visit. And then I actually got a job working for an acupuncturist in his uh, herbal medicine pharmacy. And so I worked for him for a year. And then he turned to me and he said, you know, you should really get your license. You should really practice this. And so Santa Cruz was the closest thing that I could find that reminded me of the San Juan Islands to go to school. With a lot more sunshine. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Right. So then I was there for six years. But back to the original component of how Chinese medicine has evolved, people theorize it's okay. The whole body of the medicine is three to 5,000 years. But understanding the diagnostic tools helps the practitioner to say, do I use acupuncture? Do I do Chinese herbs? Do I do dietetics? food as medicine? Do we do movement therapies? So it's just like anything. You look at a lab report or you'll look at someone, you know, uh, posturally wise. How are they moving? Where do we start first? You know, where are the components to that? So that those diagnostic tools, in particular for me, the pulse diagnosis or the pulse reading, the foundational tool in Chinese medicine, really helped me to understand where is there inflammation? Where is there not enough functioning here? And what are those symptoms as a result of that? And so that's what my residency training was in, was that. And that helped me to really understand about the Chinese herbs behind that, the combinations based off of the pulse diagnosis. So it's really fascinating. Uh, you know, I try to explain that to people, that the acupuncture is just the outcome of the foundational diagnostics of the medicine, right? And it's a beautiful therapy. Acupuncture is absolutely wonderful. And what it does is it just it works with the nervous system. So we have these billions of nerves. No one actually really knows how many. I've asked doctors, how many nerves do we actually have? And they're like, well, maybe a billion. That's a lot. And it works with the peripheral nervous system. So these are all the nerves that are, in it, that are basically outside of the spinal column. And so when I read the pulse, it tells me, oh, this person's coming over the back. But I also know there's a knee component. There's a, you know... There's also the person's really tight in the, in the neck, upper back region. We also have to work with digestion because everything comes with it from the digestive tract, right? How we digest, right, propels us forward in terms of our stamina and energy, particularly if we're in pain, 
right? We need sustenance. We need the body's ability to break things down and uptake. So the pulse diagnosis tells me, ah, this is what this body really needs. Then I'll do some testing. Okay, how's the knee functioning? This and that. Okay, great. And so then I utilize the acupuncture. There are actually, acupuncture is actually region, region specific. It's not necessarily point specific. So because it's about the brain, it's actually about brain imaging and classical acupuncture that goes back several thousand years. If you look at the maps and what they're talking about, it's actually about embryological development. So it's fascinating. And so it's, it's when Mao was in power in the 1950s, he basically said, okay, we want the West to take in this medicine. And so he basically took, picked apart three to 5,000 years of the whole foundation of Chinese medicine, put it into a book, put a bow around it, and gave it to the West and said, this is what you study. It's called traditional Chinese medicine. And he incorporated the herbal medicine within that. By the way, if there's any confusion here, please let me know because I know it's a lot. Because so over a few thousand years, people argue and they have different theories. So this yeah. is what I've come into contact with over my nerding out many weekends. <laughs> because when I graduated, you know, I just said, okay, that was amazing. But I need to know more. There was something that I needed to know. There's, there has to be something that explains more to me as a practitioner, if I'm really going to go more and more into this. What does this mean? Because I memorized forever, right? But it and, and that was for my board exam. And I'm thankful for my, you know, for the, my teaching, my teachers, that they prepped me well for that. But after that, it's, it's only, I don't know if you've had this experience. It's like, okay, now I'm done with school. Okay, so now what do I do? I mean, there's so much information. So looking into the history of acupuncture specifically, they just didn't say embryological development. They didn't, it wasn't that, but they had terms. And when you look at the maps, it really talks about brain imaging. And so the pulse would tell them, ah, this is what this is. So there are many different styles of acupuncture, just like there's many different styles of movement or exercise, right? And so, but the foundational, or what they call classical acupuncture, is really based off of that. The whole theory of chi as energy is a fascinating subject. Lots of people have different opinions, but historically speaking, to really go into that more so, in the 1930s, there was a French diplomat who went to, went to China, and his name, and I'm really sorry about my pronunciation here, Georges Solide de Moron is his name. I'm so sorry. I know. No sorry. one's going to know. Well, I'm <laughs> sure someone's like, oh, it's actually spelled, you know, so, so like that. <laughs> he went to France, and he had studied Ayurvedic medicine, which is from India. And he was fascinated with Chinese herbal medicine and acupuncture. And Ayurvedic medicine is very much an energetic-based model. And so he wrote a book. And I think it was the first book was on auricular acupuncture. But he said, oh, well, this is the same theory. It's called uh, this meridian theory. And actually, if you look at meridian, it's actually more closely to a French word. There isn't a term really in Chinese. He didn't speak Chinese from a few thousand years ago. So he d he made his own interpretation, and it was the first interpretation into French and English in history. Great interpretation, but there are over 60 different definitions of qi in Chinese medicine, but none of them are really energy. So you have to question, well, what is it really about? My gut feeling when I've gone through school and I've talked to my 
teachers primarily from China. There is, yes, energy, like, for example, Tai Chi. Do you feel the Chi, this and that? But when it comes to acupuncture and, and the different theories, I think it really comes down to functioning. And then there's, a, then there's theories that have come out that said the translations are actually more closely to oxygen, hmm. that you breathe this in. They talk about the different Qi's, Q-I, quote, unquote. And it even makes it more dynamic when you look at it that way. It's not just this. If you think about it, everything is energy. I'm not denying that. But does chi really mean just that? I would say no, because there's so much more to it. But when I look at the textbooks and I look at what they're, they're saying, it really is, is there too much functioning? Is there not enough? Do you bring more nutrient to this area to restore functioning? Do you clear it because there's too much inflammation? So that's the foundational theories. Now, okay, great. You know, Chinese are great business, you know, business makers, this and that. Is Chia's energy, uh, you know, also a model to use? You know, for example, Chia's energy is out there. Yes. I mean, it's fine. It's just, it's a translation. That's all. Okay. So I think there's a lot more to that word. It's a lot more meaty to okay. say that. So for the basic person, I mean, I think they're saying, okay, acupuncture is fairly widely used now. People mm -hmm. have friends who have done acupuncture. Yes. Friends say it worked. to say, I feel better when I leave. Mm -hmm. Say, okay, well, that's really nice, but how does it work? So again, yes. let's say you're coming in for acupuncture. Mm -hmm. What's, um, let's say I'm coming in because of uh, chronic inflammation. Mm -hmm. That's relevant to me. Mm -hmm. Relevant to a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Chronic inflammation, I don't feel that great. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe I'm a little fatigued. I'm achy. I don't have the energy level. I'd mm -hmm. like to do more. Um, and again, Let's say my simple-minded brain is thinking, well, acupuncture is going to help me with energy and chi. I'm just going to call it energy, oh, yeah, sure. you know, but chi. Yes. But it's going to help me feel better. So when you, when you are determining with my symptoms and my goals coming to you mm -hmm. that I want to just feel better, mm -hmm. um, and you're saying, okay, here's the points we're going mm -hmm. to put the needles. Mm -hmm. What is that doing? Yes. So what is it? You put a... How many needles did you put in me? Seven, eight, ten? Yeah. Twelve? Yeah. So, it, yeah. Okay, what, are, what are those needles doing? Okay. Are you, are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm ready. Okay. So you'd come in, you say, Emily, I have chronic inflammation. What I would do is I would say, okay, great. I will do my Chinese medicine diagnostics that I'm trained in. And then you please tell me about your experience, how that manifests for you. And then we'll see if we can work together to see if what I do can be a good fit to help you. So what I would do then is I would read the left and right radial artery. I would tell you where I feel with depth and amplitude from my training, where is the inflammation coming from? Is it coming from the neck? Is it coming from the stomach? Is it coming from the small intestine? Is it coming from here and there? Then I would say, okay, great. Um, acupuncture actually helps reduce inflammation. So I do Chinese herbs, but we're specifically talking about acupuncture. Uh, acupuncture has been studied uh, during a course of treatment. Course of treatment will be 30 to 45 minutes per treatment or per session, and it talks to the brain. And so the brain has these extensions, right, in the peripheral nervous system. And so I utilize points that talk to the brain about where those inflammatory markers are. So acupuncture communicates via the peripheral nervous system to communicate with the brain to push new, fresh nutrient in blood to an area and restore functioning. That is what acupuncture does. Okay. Yes. So you're saying, let's target the source of the problem. Yes. And if by your assessment, 
we need to bring more nutrients, nutrients, yes. blood flow, oxygen, yes, yes. All to those that things. area. We direct the brain's That's attention. What we'll do. It's the brain gets about a hundred or two hundred memos from me that says, "Go here, pay attention, repair that now." Okay. It's this wonderful memo. And I like that way of looking at it too. Is it saying, "Let's direct the brain's attention where we think it needs to be"? Yes, we all have grocery lists and. I always say, thank God we don't. Our brain doesn't tell us about all the things going on all the time. Mm-hmm. But acupuncture literally is this tool that has been used for so long to help induce this incredible deep relaxation, to engage a flood of serotonin and dopamine that the brain releases during an, ac- an acupuncture treatment. So when you get out of stress, lots of people come to me who have a lot of stress, anxiety, also fatigue. It blocks substance P, which is all about inflammation or in creating more inflammatory markers in the body. And Western medicine says the number one root cause of disease is inflammation. Well, guess what? Acupuncture is a tool for that. And the reason why I love it so much is that you engage the person's capacity to do it themselves. That's why I love it. I think it's very, very empowering. So my wife used to go to acupuncture back before we had kids. And I guess part of the reason was to relax her mm-hmm. in order for us to have kids. Yeah. And um, But she would always say, you know, she worked with, I think it was a Dr. Lee. Uh-huh. Dr. Lee. Yes. Um, and she said, well, every time I go, like, I just feel good. So yes. she would fall asleep. Yes. Acupuncture, yes. which I don't necessarily want to fall asleep in the middle of the day, but um, <laughs> for her, that was a good thing Yes, because she was, yes. it was a stressful yes. environment. She worked kind of like in the corporate yes. world. So yes. you're sitting in an office all day. Yes. You, know, you like your job, but at the same time, it's not like it's yes. necessarily what you were intended to do yes. physically, yes. spiritually, emotionally, all those things. But that makes sense then, just the just the relaxation piece too. Yes. Although, and I think, you know, you and I talked about, um, we were talking about yoga before we started recording. And just, I think there's something too, when you go in, you go into someone and it makes sense what you're doing. And then you have the intention of doing something positive for yourself. Mm-hmm. That alone is going to probably release something positive in your brain. Oh, absolutely. Attract, you know, if you, if you look at the energy, the energy philosophy, which I'm not that familiar with, like a, Ayurvedic, is that what you call mm-hmm. it? Medicine from India, yeah. Yeah, you're probably going to attract some level mm-hmm. of positive energy mm-hmm. just by focusing and being aware that you're trying to do something good for yourself. Oh, absolutely. But that's interesting. I didn't know that you actually could link releasing like serotonin oh, yeah. with acupuncture. Yes. And so it, in large part, it, it, it's a neurologically based medicine, but it also strongly moves the blood. It also helps to move the lymphatic system. So I, I work with a lot of patients that have lymphedema also, but I don't necessarily have to put that put the needles where the lymphedema is. You just encourage it just by having a treatment, it just moves things. So it helps cells to release what if you want to loosely call it endotoxins or whatever, uh, just from just the research, just from engaging in a treatment. But the acupuncture points or regions, actually acupuncture is region specific because the brain doesn't say, oh, it's that point, that's for that. I mean, in tr- the traditional Chinese medicine model that came out of the 50s that was given to the West, 50s and 60s, it was very region specific. But if you study the classical acupuncture, it's all about the brain and brain imaging. So the brain is region specific. It's not, oh, it's just one area. It's an area, right? So if you target this area, it's going to work with the digestion. If you target this area, you know, it's it's not only, you know, you could place you know, acupuncture, you know, in, in the neck, but there's also internal medicine areas as well, which Western medicine has also documented uh, in terms of digestion. Um, 
a deep parasympathetic you know, support, right? So it's all about the where the nerves travel, quite yeah. frankly. So it, again, and it's also, it's deeply relaxing. I'll tell people, this is not like going to the hospital and getting a shot. Otherwise, I would not be in business here. I would not be here sitting here like with these blinging needles in the corner, ah, you know, no. It, it, it does something to the brain where it launches a person into the parasympathetic nervous system response, which improves immune system functioning. And it helps a person to digest better. It helps a person to get out of a stress response. As I tell my patients, it's hard to repair when you're running from a tiger. Hmm. So for example, if you're training for a marathon, fantastic, right? But your recuperative part is just as important as your training. Yeah. Same thing with dealing with the challenges in life. And I think that's why acupuncture has been around for so long. It's because it helps people go through challenges. It helps people repair. It helps with injuries. Um, it helps, you know, basically, it's getting the whole brain to say, ah, I'm going to push more nutrient here and reduce swelling. I'm going to improve functioning. It's very complementary to physical therapy. And um, so it's, it's a wonderful tool. It's a wonderful tool. And I love practicing it. Awesome. That's a good way to think about it, though. I think, again, as since most of us just aren't that familiar with how it works. Mm-hmm. Well, and for me, too, I think as a, as a medical professional and just as a person, like, I like to know how things are working. Mm-hmm. Like, at the end of the day, if it works, it works, and I guess I don't really care. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's totally cool. But at the <laughs> same time, if you can explain to me how it works, I like that. Mm-hmm. And to me, I think it works better if I know how I think it works. Mm-hmm. Now, you could explain it to me completely inaccurately, but as long as it made sense to me, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. As long as it made sense to me and I yeah. felt like it was working yeah. and I felt better after I left the session with you, yeah. like that would be all I needed. Yes. You know what I mean? But to, to say, okay, what we're actually doing is we're, we're actually directing your brain's attention. Uh, we're going to direct a little bit of you know, electrical energy there. We're going to direct uh, yeah. blood flow nutrition yes. there. Yes. At the same time, yeah. um, as we're hitting these points, we're working on sending your brain the message that it's okay to de-stress a little bit, mm-hmm. relax a little bit, take mm-hmm. it easy. And uh, repair. Exactly. And just, yeah, go into, you know, you call it parasympathetic. The average listener has no idea what that means. So. Oh, I'm so sorry. No, that's okay. That's, so no, sorry. No, it's good. No, I'm it's, so sorry. No, it's good. I, I understand parasympathetic, but yeah. you're saying basically, so the way I look at it, sympathetic um, is like fight or flight, yes. stress. Yes. Parasympathetic is like it's okay. Yes. You can relax. Yes. Uh, parasympathetic also says it's okay. You can you can divert some blood to your internal organs yeah. so that you can digest and you can recuperate. And you could sleep but, better. Um, yeah. Or everyone talks about like, you know, the big thing with weight loss. What about that cortisol stress hormone? You know, you got to yes. cut down the cortisol. It's like, great. That makes sense. Cortisol is a normal hormone though, just so you know. Taking a pill to cut down on it is not a good idea. What you should do to cut down on cortisol, if your cortisol levels are too high, is stress a little absolutely exercise go outside you know if you're like i mentioned my wife in the corporate world if you're mm-hmm. stressed out because of work well you better figure out some way to switch out of that sympathetic mode mm-hmm. and come back down so again you're signaling to the brain it's okay let's turn off the fight or flight a little bit yes let's mellow out again yes. parasympathetic is going to help you recuperate and recover yes versus when you're training you might be a little more sympathetic because you're yes. energized you know, or you're doing something crazy like obstacle course racing where you could hurt yourself. Like you want the sympathetic system going. It's ready to fire. <laughs> exactly. Yes. No, but I like that. And I think we talk about it in physical therapy sometimes too. So a lot of times at the end of our treatments, we're saying, okay, let's get the person some moist tea and let them relax. Yeah. Maybe with electrical stimulation, it feels good. Yeah. Um, do they really need it? It's like, well, I mean, 
is that the most valuable part of their treatment? Probably not, mm -hmm. you know, because we did the hands-on work. Mm -hmm. We did the specific exercise training to target a specific group that is weak that's causing a, like a problem in our minds. But at the same time, could you just get that person to stop for like 15 minutes and just lay there? Mm -hmm. Just lay there. Take their phone away. Mm -hmm. I usually take their phone away, put it across the room. <laughs> um, unless they have an appointment coming up, you know? Yeah. Take the phone. If they're trying to read a book, fine. Yes. But if I can talk them out of it, I say, why don't you just lay there? I close the curtain. I turn the light off. You know, turn the fluorescent light off. Yes. Say, this might be the best 15 minutes of their day. Yes. Just because we force them to do nothing. Yes. Like, there's no screen. And so maybe that's a little bit of a crossover. What, you know, part of it is like, that actually is valuable to people. It's very valuable. Yeah. It's very valuable. And again, I say, it's hard to repair when you're running from a tiger all yeah. the time. Whatever that tiger is, or mini tiger or cub, you know, it could be traffic, could be, you know, where you work, dynamics at home, the holidays, this and that. We just don't repair well. And we're living in this consistent, like, kind of 80% on, 20% a little bit off. People have so many um, sleeping issues, you know, that come to me. They're just like, I feel so stressed. And that compounds their pain mm -hmm. or this and that. And, uh, and, you know, even, you know, people who train, you know, there's just a lot, you know, who they, they are physically affect. They say, I'm doing all the right things, but I still have this nagging X, Y, Z. And so I think acupuncture comes in to really help to facilitate that. Does it help with, you know, orthopedics? Yes. Does it help with getting a person out of a stress response? Yes. It has a lot of it's very dynamic in terms of how it can facilitate. Now, things, you know, that it's not good at, well, it's not good at ringing in the ears. I've tried. It doesn't do anything. Okay. You know, it, that's, uh, yeah. People ask me, I said, no, that, that and heartburn, no. I, I don't feel it's not, acupuncture is not curative. It helps to improve functioning. That's what it does. Same thing with Chinese herbs. I'm, a, I'm all about improving how we can optimally function in our day-to-day -day lives so that we don't go down that kind of emergency red flag path, right? Mm -hmm. So that we're always in that repair mode no matter how many stressors we have going on. And I think that's why it's been around for so long. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, and I like that too. And I really appreciate the um, going back to it's not curative. And that's the whole idea in my mind with holistic medicine, like if you can improve the entire system, mm -hmm. all the little components of the system will improve by default. Mm -hmm. So for instance, you mentioned inflammation, which you and I are speaking the same language. If you lower the inflammation level in the body, yes, then everything will improve. Mm -hmm. Your knee pain will improve. Mm -hmm. Your back pain will improve. More than likely, your sleep will improve. Your mood will improve. Mm -hmm. Same thing if you can activate that parasympathetic mm -hmm. nervous system and you let your body repair everything will probably improve. And if you have a specific problem, like you broke your leg, you might want to see an orthopedic surgeon for that. Absolutely. Your acupuncture isn't <laughs> going to fix your broken leg. No. It's a very specific problem. Absolutely. You, you want to specialize at that point. Absolutely. You know, those people are good to have around. Absolutely. They're just like at the end of the triage chain. Yes. Like, okay, what is the problem? Yes. Is this, if it's a systemic problem and yes. we can benefit the entire system, Yes. that's where I think people are, I think people are missing that. Yes. A lot. They're saying, okay, you know, Western medicine again, because I like to pick on Western medicine, even though it's got really good points. But, <laughs> you know, I have high blood pressure. It does. Yeah. So, I don't actually. But let's just say I do. <laughs> um, I go to you as my Western medical doctor say, okay, well, okay, what we're going to do is we're going to put you on a medication for blood pressure. Sure. 
okay, you just pushed me down a very specific route, yes. but what you should have done is look at the system. Yes. Can we just improve the system? Yes. Because I believe high blood pressure is a symptom of a larger issue. Yes. You know, mm -hmm. and that could be stress, anxiety, lack of exercise, poor diet, poor yeah. sleep, all those things, but they all go together. Yes, so. absolutely. Awesome. Good. I like that you differentiated between curative versus oh, absolutely. overall function. So if we just wanted to make like a laundry list of people who benefit from acupuncture or like your most common clients, who would you say, who are the ones right now that really are seeking out acupuncture who really benefit the most from acupuncture in terms of what their problems are? Currently, I have patients who come to me who are wanting to they're very curious and they really are motivated to improve their health. They, they, the majority of them will come to me right now. They'll say, I want to reduce overall systemic. They don't say systemic, but they're saying, I want to reduce inflammation. I have a lot of digestive um, issues I want to improve. I have high blood pressure. Now, now I'm also diverging into the Chinese herbal medicine. And I say, well, Chinese herbal medicine is a compliment. It complements. Do not ever, ever stop taking your Western meds, ever. This complements what you're taking, and it will it facilitates health. It's a totally different biochemical reaction that's happening in your body. It is not a replacement. And so people come to me who want to reduce inflammation, reduce pain. Sleep is a huge, huge topic. My husband is a sleep researcher, and so we talk about sleep all the time. His passion is to help people to sleep better. So he also is a sleep coach because he believes that it's not just about a CPAP machine, although it is, but there are plenty of people who are not candidates for CPAP machines or sleep apnea, but they have trouble sleeping. Managing stress. Uh, I have a, a few um, chronic cough working with those. I have a few patients with that. I've been prescribing Chinese herbs for that right now. A lot of pains, back pains, people who they... Either they're not candidates, they they have a lot of neuropathy, lymphedema, or they have just a lot of shooting pains. And movement therapy, physical therapy, it, it aggravates it. Or elbow pain, some type of uh, ulnar neuropathy. It it the movement is aggravating it. So my passion or you know job is to take that down. So then they can go to the physical therapy. They can engage in the movement after that. So the acupuncture also is a is a really beautiful um, facilitator of reducing nerve inflammation. So I, I also have that. So I'm sorry that was a lot. That was a laundry list. No, <laughs> that was what, a huge list. No, yeah. that's what I wanted. I yeah. think because the average person listening is saying, "Well, I don't just have yeah pain. Mm -hmm. I do have pain. I have a little bit of a digestive issue. I don't really know what to do about it. Right. But I know there's something going on down there. Yes. And it, I think if they are starting to look for natural medicine, they've probably come across a few keywords on, on Google and said, mm -hmm. well, maybe I have a, a leaky gut issue or mm -hmm. gut inflammation. And if they keep researching, they'll, you know, they'll find things like that the gut can be a huge source of your problem. Mm -hmm. um, but who's, who are you going to call for gut health? Right. You know? Yeah. I mean, I would call a naturopath yeah. first off. Mm -hmm. But again, the average person I don't think is that familiar with who to talk to if their stomach is upset. And, yes. You know, um, the average medical doctor, if it's not like a real problem problem, mm -hmm. it's just not going to be on the radar, I don't think. No, it's no. generally not. But it, in terms of, I don't know if it's the American diet or stress or combination, but it's definitely there. Mm -hmm. Also, 
Not to mention the amount of hormones and our pesticides that can just that are just in our foods, mm-hmm. you know, that we are exposed to. But we are living in a culture where there's there's a lot of inflammatory markers floating around, and we, I do believe that, for example, I went to France uh, over the summer, and I was amazed. The people there, they were so. Um, their energy, they're just that the food was phenomenal. They don't France banned Monsanto. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Isn't that fascinating? And I went to a, a history of French food uh, class, learned about, and they, they, you can thrive and be a farmer in France and yeah. make money. It's possible. Sorry about the car alarm in the background <laughs> there. Technical difficulties, but yeah, food quality. Yeah. In France and Europe and. It, it blew my mind. And I just yeah. said, I want that for all Americans. I want that to be the standard in this country, that yeah. people just have clean water, clean food. And and wh- how could that influence our health and our outcomes? It would be phenomenal. Yeah, These are just, I mean, I know these are the things that yeah. make me just so impassionate and you as well. I just say, God, I want that to be the standard too. And how would that reflect? So if someone has a digestive concern, generally people say, oh, I've tried this and that, that was helpful, or um, it wasn't, so then they call me. And they'll say, am I, you know, uh, can you help me? And I'll say, uh, come on in, you know, I'll offer them a, a, a complimentary consultation. There's no treatment involved, but it's a meet and greet to see, can I help them? So people will come in, sometimes they'll bring in, you know, just any type of information, and I'll do the pulse diagnostics and say, this is what I see. You know, and then we'll see if it's a good fit from there. That's what I offer them. So, awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think again, when you're looking at, I mean, I think I think sometimes as a natural like healthcare provider, mm-hmm. you're almost and uh, you're almost like you're like the last resource sometimes. Yes. Right? Well, I've tried the surgeon, it all. I've done this. I can't do that. And I think uh, you mentioned a really good keyword or a hot keyword for a lot of people. You mentioned neuropathy. Yes. People with nerve pain are like in a special category yes. in my mind. If you're listening, if you've had nerve pain, it's definitely something special. Yes. Like it's one thing to have like a sore back, but to have like a, an electrifying pain in yes. part of your body is just, I don't know, it's its own special category. Yes. So I think if people say, well, I went to the, um, let's say it's like a sciatica type neuropathy. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to the surgeon. I'm not a surgical candidate. I, yes. I tried this medication. Yes. The medication helps a little bit, you know, the narc, but it's narcotic. Yes. And you were talking about nerve medications like gabapentin. Yes. Or any of the other ones, Lyrica, stuff like that. You're saying, well, they help a little bit, but at the end of the day, there's some major side effects for that stuff. Mm-hmm. And, if, and if it did the trick, they'd probably be happy. Yes. But usually it doesn't do the trick. Yeah. Like nerve pain, to me, you have to really get to the root cause of it. Yes. But yeah, so I think sometimes people say, well, gosh, I have this ridiculous pain. No one can help me. I've been through 18 things and mm-hmm. now, now I'm willing to give you a try. Yes, um, I get it. Yes, I get a lot of those. <laughs> that's not always a bad thing. No, not at all. You know, not at all. Sometimes it's like, all right, well, I, I think yes. we can help. And Absolutely. At the very least, you've never tried this. Right. And if it does help, you're going to be really happy. Yes. And that's great. Yes. And when I work with people, you know, I usually take them through three, if it's just acupuncture, I usually... Actually, I should correct myself. I also take them through three. I, I take them through three treatments. It's a trial period, and then I rate their response after the acupuncture or Chinese herbal medicine route, because I want to make sure before I continue treatment, is it actually helping? Are we improving functioning here? Are we feeling better? You know, and I tell people this is not something overnight, but I want this to improve functioning. 
And if I don't see it, you know, if things are just well, 5%, 10% better, okay, well, at least we gave it a shot. We tried it. But I want to see and, and rate a person's response to the acupuncture or Chinese herbal medicine first. Okay. Yeah. So are you kind of setting that standard from, from day one saying, look, we look at I the do. first three sessions and yep. we're, we're looking for some level of improvement. Yes. Like you said, you're not looking for... 100% improvement in three sessions. No. I want to see some sort of improved functioning, mm-hmm. right? But but some people are candidates for surgery, right? Or um, or if it's not what I'd hope to see, you know, I think in some cases I'm, I'm really thinking about, you know, the acupuncture. Her, the herbs are a little bit more dynamic, but still in three sessions I want to see, are you feeling better? You know, how's the, you know, is digestion improving? Is there less, you know, digestive upset? Are you sleeping better, Right. Do you ha- are your joints, you know, less sore, right? Are you able to get up in the morning now with taking these Chinese herbs? And again, I'm improving functioning. This is not like you have to take this for the rest of your days. It's getting you out of symptom land, rating your response, and then taking you through from that point forward what is supportive care like, right? How, how, how often do I see you, right? And then because then the body adapts to it. It's like first day of school. It's a little overwhelming. There's a lot of information, right? And then by midterms or finals, you're like, oh, I get this. I got this down. That's kind of how the body works too. You you guide it in a direction so it just comes back into that quote unquote homeostasis or or way in which all the community, you know, everyone's communicating. So Chinese medicine says this is health. What's in the blood? Where is it going? And are the cells getting the message and uptaking it? If those three components are not happening, you're going to have symptoms. That's what Chinese medicine says. But you have to have nutrient in order to repair, right? So food is really important. Also, the supplements that you're taking is very important. Where is it going? Is it stuck here? Is it just, you know, is it just all this inflammation in the gut, right? Or is it not going to the feet, right? Is the heart not getting enough nutrient? Is there a sleeping component here? Is the body chronically under stress? And are, are the organs or the body uptaking it? Uptaking is a really big issue for a lot of Americans. So we may be eating the most beautiful foods, taking the most wonderful supplements, but we may not be uptaking it. And that's another thing that the pulse diagnosis tells me is this body uptaking that information. So I go, part of that is to facilitate, facilitate and come in to help complement that person's current uh, you, you know, protocol or, or process with that. So would you mind explaining that a little bit more? Um, so obviously I get what's in the blood, where is it going? So we're kind of talking about that. You mm-hmm. know, what are you putting in your body? Mm-hmm. Um, the uptake though, isn't yeah. is it something I come across that often? So what do you, obviously uptake means the cells, are they pulling it in? Are they yeah. using it? How do you know if that's happening or not? So the pulse diagnosis will tell me, you know, do we need to improve the way in which the kidneys are filtering? Do we need to improve, this is Western kidney, not Chinese kidney, in case all you, you know, Chinese medicine people out there. Uh, is the liver, <laughs> sorry, is the, is the liver breaking things down? Is the liver uptaking? So, you know, so it tells me in the width, depth, and amplitude for my training, is there a hypofunctioning here? Or is there too much inflammation here? Or is it mixed? So that will tell me what that body is going through and what herbs to give that person. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, like I said, I don't come across that component too often. Have you ever worked with a person who says, I'm taking all, I'm eating all organic, I'm doing this and this and this, but I'm just so still so 
XYZ. I don't know. Sure. Fill in the blank. So sometimes I'll just check, is is that a piece we need to, to work with? And if not, and then something else. So that's what Chinese medicine says, is that is health. And I when I learned that, I don't know, it was like it was like a perpetually just sunny day for me for like <laughs> for like 10 years I'm beating my head over these books didn't make any sense I thought I was this royal hippie going to Chinese medicine school no didn't make nothing none of these theories made any sense to me it was just like if it if you go right turn left you go up go down it was so I mean it just like my brain just didn't get it and all of a sudden when I was doing my residency program you know one of my my, my teacher was saying this is what it is you know Part of, he said part of the issue with Americans is that one, the American diet, but also it's the chronic inflammatory, the, the inflammation that each body may have. But your job is to figure out where is it coming from, right? Where is it coming from? And the Chinese herbs, you can't get them out in the market. But it's the combinations from way back when, when they wrote formulas based off of the pulse. This is what this body needs. You always protect digestion. You always protect the liver function. You always protect, you make sure the heart gets enough nutrient. You make sure that the blood vessels are open, that the cells are getting the nutrients. Why did they say for so long, oh, take an aspirin, right? Yeah. Yeah. Move the blood. Yeah. Chinese medicine has, talk, has been talking about that for thousands of years. But we, all, we have herbs that help to encourage improve blood flow without, you know, playing a role with esophageal health or digestive health, right? Yeah, side effects. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I hope I didn't open up a whole nother can of worms. But just to, you know, in terms of that's what Chinese medicine in essence says. I'm sure that, who knows, maybe they're rolling in their graves like, oh, my God. But anyway, <laughs> my teachers have said, this is what you have to do. You figure out where are the quote unquote obstacles and we improve functioning. So then the body just comes back. Just says, ah, here we go. And they also say, and then you're also going to feel better too when things are functioning better. How do we know? Because you feel better and we yeah. want you to feel better. And if you're not feeling better, then great. I'm going to, you know, refer you to someone who I think can help you, you know, or sure. another therapy that can. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, sometimes too with even our patients in PT, we say, okay, well, at the very least, you know, three or four visits in, mm-hmm. if you're not feeling better, well, at the very least, we've established that what we're doing isn't working. Yes. Or, <laughs> yes. you know, so we're saying, okay, let's, maybe we got the wrong system. Yes. Maybe we're looking at the wrong system. Yes. Maybe, maybe what I thought was a shoulder issue yeah. is actually coming from your neck. Yeah. So it's possible it's coming from somewhere lower in the chain too. Yes. So it's always valuable information as long as you communicate that to your client. Say, well, okay, we're not ready to throw in the towel necessarily. Yes. Because there's more tricks up my sleeve. There's, you know, I can look here, I can look there. But it all does go back, like you've mentioned, which we talk a lot about <clears throat> in the clinic is, okay, well, where is the, where is the cause? Where is it? Mm-hmm. Where is it? Where is it? Again, you know, it could be a hand or a wrist or elbow thing, but it could be coming from the neck or shoulder. It could be a mechanical issue lower in your back that's affecting your posture. Like you have to keep going backwards farther and farther and farther and trying to look more systemic as opposed to, well, my elbow hurts, so I'm treating my elbow. Yes. You know, I can't sleep, so I'm treating my sleep. It's like, well, it's not quite that simple. It's actually simpler in my mind. Yes. Actually, just go back a little farther and treat everything. <laughs> yes. You know? Yes. And one of my teachers would say, where the pain is, isn't necessarily where the dysfunction exactly. is or where, where it was caused. So, for example, I had a patient came in. She's had this chronic cough for many, many years. And the, pulses was te- the, the pulse positions were telling me it's in the sinuses. It's in the sinuses. And in, in, in 
the lungs. It's draining into the lungs. So I gave her herbs, combinations to help to clear that. And then the second time I saw her, her pulses were different. So it was telling me, this is different than taking blood pressure. And I said, you know what? I think it's actually coming from the throat. And she said, you know, you're right. Because I had, I went to an EENT doctor, ear, nose, and throat, uh, excuse me, doctor. And I had some imaging a few years ago, and they talked about this constriction in my throat. And they said that I should be going in for a follow-up. Like a few years later, she said, this is just right around that time. And I said, well, great. I want you to go in for a follow-up and, and have the throat area checked out. So the pulse positions told me, throat. But in the beginning, when I started working with her, it was in the sinus region and in the lungs. So we, after I cleared that, it said throat, throat, throat. So isn't that fascinating? So she came in with these symptoms, which was, and no one, she had been to all these other medical doctors, this and that, many different professionals who had helped her to some degree. But she says, I have this chronic cough. It's not going away. And so while I had helped her, the pulse positions then said, wrote. And so her beginning symptoms were this and that, but we cleared it. So then it told me, ah, it's coming from this region. It's not coming from up here or in the long area. Isn't that fascinating? Yeah. Bodies are just so amazing. Yeah. You know, it's such an honor and a blessing for me to do what I do and for what you do as well, because I too am a human being, you know, I too, you know, have, need help along my way. And that's how I fell in love with this medicine is that it's just, it's helped me. So yeah. then I can help others. That's great. Mm -hmm. I like it. Let me see. I had on our list here, I should probably finish up here pretty soon, but I had on my list, if you want to just give me um, maybe one or two misconceptions about acupuncture. Do you get do you get like a common theme with people saying, oh, I thought acupuncture was this, and actually it's, it's not that. Is that something that comes up? Oh, gosh. You know, it's funny because I probably am – you know, asked it all the time, but it's just probably so ingrained in me in terms of my response. Um, I've had people ask me if you, you know, you put acupuncture in a person and then you take them out and then does like water come out? Okay. I get that. Put a hole in them. Yeah. And then can I go in a hot tub afterwards or something like that? Okay. Yeah, you can. I mean, they're so tiny. So there's not, you're not injecting anything. Mm -hmm. So it's much different. But what is that? Like, what are the misconceptions? How about how deep are the needles going? Are they going just into Oh, very, the, very good question. Just cutane, like into the skin cutaneous? Or are you going deeper sometimes? In or? some regions, yes. In some regions, no. So for example, if I have a... Depending on the tissue, right? For example, so in the lower back region, in the hip or buttock region, there's more muscular tissue there. So, I mean, you wouldn't necessarily be putting in the needles just, you know, cutaneously. But in the arms, yes, because there's there's less tissue there. And it also depends what are we working with. So if, if there's a digestive issue, people think it's going in really, really deep. It's not, unless it's very specific, like there's a functional issue with glute medius, for example, you know, for, you know, for a muscle, you know, and I help need to help improve nutrient, you know, blood flow there, something like that. And I really need to target that muscle, for example. But generally, no, but there's a range is depending on which part of the body I'm working with. Yes. And that's why six years of training really comes in handy. Because yeah. <laughs> you know your anatomy. <laughs> yeah. Good. Good. Does it pierce through my stomach? No, it does not. Okay. Does it pierce through my skull? No, it does not. It go out the other end. No. Absolutely not. Blood is not necessarily a good thing. Right. It is kids, no. Yeah. So people are like, oh, does it, are you going to pierce through my brain? No, 
You have a skull. It's really thick, (laughs) right? And it's just in the skin in the head. And guess what? Those points up in the head, that region is so amazing for one, improving blood flow to the head. We all need it. Hello, like rise of dementia, right, era. But also we all need improved blood flow to our brains, brain health, right? And also people, yeah, the whole stomach thing. Does it pierce through? No. Unless you're really, you really don't know what you're doing. Yeah. That, and I would say, if you really don't know what you're doing, then yes, you would. But if you really know what you're doing, you will not. Now, if you make someone bleed, though, by default, you've improved the blood flow. In some ways, I'm just, oh, yes. I'm just well, yeah. <laughs> right. I'm like, well, I mean, bleeding, we have, and there's the other question how many capillaries? So, a side effect to acupuncture would be you might want to take a nap, you might have a ton of energy. Oh, good. Sometimes there's bruising, it goes away because we have about a you know, how many, I don't know, how many little capillaries we have? Yeah, we, I don't know. So sometimes, you know, one of them just, you know, leaks. It goes away in yeah. a couple of days. That's it. Yeah. Not too bad for a list yeah. of side effects. So essentially, if you're on the fence about acupuncture, you don't have a whole lot to lose. No, unless you hate needles, period. It's not, I don't know. To me, it's not that I've had acupuncture. It's not the same thing as like a needle needle. Yeah. Because the majority of them, if you don't want to watch, don't watch. Right. The majority of them, you won't even feel. Yes. Right. So maybe that's a misconception. Is acupuncture? Does oh, hurt? does it hurt? Does it hurt? Uh, yeah, uh, I would say no. In some cases, though, if someone's in a lot of pain, <clears throat> their skin might be a little bit more sensitive. But generally speaking, no, yeah. because it's not. It, you know, it's not a type of. You're not again. You're not injecting something like if you went to the hospital and you're receiving a shot. You really do feel that because the needle gauge is is different than an acupuncture. Definitely. You know, yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Good, good. Um, we're going to get into our rapid fire fun questions here in just a minute, but I wanted to go back. I just remembered something you said, um, which I think is a really good point, is that when you're in, when you first go to treatment, and it's the same thing with PT, and you're, you, you go because you, now you have a problem. You have mm-hmm. a real problem. Mm-hmm. If it was a little problem, you wouldn't go because life is busy and there's other things to do. But by the time you go, you actually are, you're in the hole, inflammatory-wise, pain-wise, whatever. And that's what I consider like the treatment phase. So you might be going into acupuncture, let's say twice a week, three times a week, I guess, if it was severe. And then, so once you get someone to a better spot where they're happy with where they are and they want to just maintain, mm-hmm. you know, we might use the, the fancy word homeostasis. They like what it is. Mm-hmm. Are you recommending they come back once a month, once a quarter, twice a year, depending on their situation? What's the average recommendation like? When they're in the supportive and or maintenance phase, I would say then I would take it down to twice a month for a month and once a month or and then also some people come in seasonally, sure. you know, just come in, just want to tune up. I know I'm going to be know. stressed out. Mm-hmm. It's the holidays. Oh, absolutely. Or they go through, let's see, their training for a marathon, for example. They want to uh, recuperate much more quickly from their training. So Michael Phelps, he, the swimmer. Yeah. He received acupuncture, I think, after each training. He was an adv- He was a huge advocate for acupuncture because it helped his muscles to recover mm-hmm. so he could get, get back in the water. Was he a cryotherapy guy too? We had cryotherapy on the podcast last time. Yeah. Yeah, which I didn't want to get too off topic, but since I did anyways and I like to get off topic, <laughs> um, cryotherapy is one of the things that's very fascinating to me. Yes. Cold therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, is, there, is there any... Is that part of Chinese medicine at all, like cold water type therapy? Depends on the condition, but generally we like heat. You like heat, okay. Generally, therapeutic heat. So again, if you get injured and it's red hot and swollen, right, 
we're not going to necessarily not necessarily use heat. We're going to mm-hmm. use cold therapy. However, depending on the person and their constitutional type. Sure. So some people, you may know, they may have, um, you know, a lot of heat. Their skin's really warm to touch. You know, you just might, you know, you just might say, oh, okay. Some, some people you may have worked with, they're cold all the time, you know, and no matter what, they're always wearing a sweater, something like that, uh-huh. uh, <laughs> you know, and they, they love the heat. It just makes them feel so much better. Yeah. So I would say Chinese medicine is very specific, saying for you, you need that. Yeah. It's not... And, and even with foods, it, you know, they say, well, you can eat carrots all day long. And people say, oh, that's healthy for me. Well, I know people, you know, eventually their skin tur- turns orange if they eat too many carrots. Chinese medicine is not judgmental. It basically says, if you go this route, you're going to have X, Y, Z. If you go this route with this constitution, you're going to have X, Y, Z. And probably better to go a little bit of the middle route, right? But again, if you have something that's in, really inflamed, I would say, Try the cryotherapy, right? Yeah. But if something's been there long term and it's not responding, we want to get that blood flow in there. Sure. That yeah. makes sense. Um, treat the person as an individual. Mm-hmm. Well, the only reason I mentioned cryo and cold water, because cold water is a little bit more natural than cryotherapy is just, I mean, it's really cool. It's just yeah. very technologically based, you know. It's very cool. Um, but, you know, we mentioned earlier uh, getting the parasympathetic nervous system activated. And part of that activation is, okay, you know, put some blood towards your core, mm-hmm. towards your organs. Mm-hmm. And definitely, um, if you jump into cold water, your blood's going to the core. Yes. And it's going to your organs. It's going to your liver. It's going to your heart. It's going to your kidneys. So, yes. So theoretically, that's part of why cold therapy works is mm-hmm. because your blood goes to your core, good things happen in Absolutely. your organs, and then it comes back out, and it's kind of like you refreshed your blood a little bit. And I don't know, and maybe part of it's just mental, but people you talk to that do cold therapy, if they tolerate it, they really like it. Like, yes. They're into it. They, it um, makes them feel really good. And then you take people that are already cold, they want nothing to do with it. And uh, that makes sense too. Maybe mm-hmm. we should do hot therapy, stick you in the hot tub or mm-hmm. a sauna or something like that. Yeah. And people will tell you, oh, I love the heat. Oh, no, I don't, you know, or they'll say, yeah. I love, no, I don't want a hot in here. I don't want any of that. They'll, they're already telling you about them and what's happening you know, on the inside for them, what their body really wants. Yeah. So I always listen to that. I do wonder with the people, though, that are chronically cold, if there's a metabolic something rather going mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not an expert when it comes to, mm-hmm. um, you know, endocrinology yes. or hormones, but you just got to yeah. think, well, how are some people so warm? And some are so, some are so yeah. cold. Yeah. And then I feel like I'm kind of in the middle. Like I'm warm if I move around. I'm cold if I just sit in my office all day, which is... Yeah. Not a good idea either, but okay. <laughs> I won't get too far off track there, but uh, thank you for answering those. So let's get to the fun questions. So yes. Are, are you ready? Yes. These are the hard ones. Absolutely. Oh, oh, you brought your notes. Good. Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, favorite book that you'd like to recommend or a good book you've read in the last you know month, two months, something that uh, was interesting? I read Intermittent Fasting for women. It said for women, but I think... They probably just have the male version, and maybe it's the same book. It was fascinating. So I've been trying intermittent fasting over the past month. How's that working out? Fantastic, actually. Yeah, that's First, an interesting topic. Yes. Topic. I always like to try things before I say anything about it, you know, or recommend anything. Because I want to know, oh, so some of my patients were, were doing that, and they were saying how they made them, they just felt a lot better. Mm-hmm. Um and so I decided to try it. I have a couple more weeks to go before I have my conclusion, but that was a great book. Myths of Avalon. 
Mists of Avalon. Mm-hmm. Is that a classic? Yes, it was. Well, I would call it a classic. Written in the 1980s about the women who raised King Arthur. Gotcha. Yeah, fasting is an interesting one. The um, the diet that I follow would have you just eat twice a day. Yes. Which is basically intermittent fasting. Yes. And it says basically part of eating a diet that has real foods, mm-hmm. which is fairly low in carbs by default. It's a paleo type diet. It's autoimmune paleo is what I follow. Mm-hmm. Um, so most of your all of your simple carbs are gone, essentially, mm-hmm. except for some of like your vegetables, like carrots and stuff. Those are simple carbs, but mm-hmm. um, <laughs> but you know more of an emphasis on healthy fat, protein, longer burning types of fuel sources. So part of re retraining your body is that you should get hungry. Yes. When you're hungry. Yes. You should get hungry and then eat, and that's a hormonal cycle. Yes. With um, there's two hormones, ghrelin and something else. Leptin, um, I think. Yep. Le- Yep, 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 leptin and ghrelin. Um, and they say that's good. You want your hormones to fluctuate. You want those to increase and tell you you're hungry. And then you want to eat, which I, th- I found very fascinating because the average person who's trying to quote unquote diet or lose weight, I mean, one of the newer, more popular um, mechanisms or uh, approaches is say, well, don't ever get hungry. Eat five times a day. Yes. Eat eight times a day because you never want to get hungry. It's you like, want to well, stoke them a, that that yeah. fire. It's like, well, what's the problem with getting hungry? Yes. Because as a species, being hungry is very normal. Yes. I mean, unless you're a cow grazing in the field all day, which we're not, you're not constantly going to eat during your day. You know, you're going to have periods of abundance and periods of scarcity. Yes. And your body will tell you, and your body will tell you when to seek food. But so, anyways. Yes. So that sounds like you know a good book if you're interested in. Um, maybe going down that route a little bit. Mm-hmm. The average person who fasts will at least tell you that it's a period of time where their body seems to detox a little bit. Yes. And um, that, and that's why I wanted to try <clears throat> and do it. And cultures, you know, throughout human history have fasted mm-hmm. and continue to. And I, I found it for me, it was engaging with that response. Am I really hungry or am I just, is this just out of habit? Sure. You know, so that when I would eat, it would be genuine, for, like you were saying. It was, it was engaging with that primal, primal feeling of, yeah, I'm actually really hungry. I'm not dehydrated. I'm actually hungry. Mm-hmm. Or, or am I dehydrated, right? Sure. And just engaging with it. So I've just been skipping breakfast. Oh, okay. And I love, do not get me wrong, I love food. I was raised in a restaurant. I'm all about food. Yeah. Nice, yeah. <laughs> so I said, well, if there's one meal that I would even just think about skipping, it had to be breakfast. It was a toss-up. It had to be breakfast because yeah. dinner, I just love dinner. That's what I can do. That's what I'll do too if I fast is just skip breakfast. It's um, easier. And, and a little tip to people, like if you eat a typical American breakfast, yes. which is mostly carbs, like toast, sugar, bread, you are hungry in two hours. Yes. Um, your body, you actually are hungry, so don't try to ignore that. You are hungry because your blood sugar just crashed. Yes. Um, so it's a, it's a different approach. You have to have the right food to do the approach, I think. Yes. Because if you have the right food, so it's like, it's com- it's okay to be hungry. Mm-hmm. Like, don't don't be too upset when you're hungry. Yes. I'm hungry right now, actually. Mm-hmm. So you know, I, will, <laughs> I will eat soon. Um, but yeah, okay. So sorry. You know, I like to get off topic. Good. I love it. So speaking of food, um, do you have a favorite food uh, or restaurant here in the area? Oh, gosh. I love Gordy's. Gordy's? Love Gordy's. I really, really do. They've got this pepper dish with uh, these authentic peppers that numb the tongue. Have you had that dish? Numb the tongue. They do. They're like these authentic like Chinese like peppers. Like ghost peppers. 
No, not out of spice. It, it's but ghost pepper. I love spicy food. So, but there are these peppers there. I forgot this dish, and I said, "Oh my gosh, you have these peppers!" I was so excited, and I love that they can substitute anything. They don't get upset about it, which I thought, "Oh yeah, you can substitute anything." And I was like, "Really?" So I, I really like Gordy's. I love Thai food. Yeah, love Thai food. Uh, I love seafood. I'm a seafoodaholic, but granted, I you know grew up on the ocean, so you know you can't take that out of me. But Thai food, and I, I love Gordy's. And there's some new restaurants coming out in Spokane that I think are I'm excited to go to. And I will let you know what I think about them. But I, I love going out to eat. Yeah. You know, Churchill's on that Wednesday night, pretty fab. Wednesday night, is that a special at Churchill's? Yeah, well, they take their cuttings from the week before or meat that they and they make burgers. Oh. So I have like a burger night. You can skip the bun or whatever. Oh, nice. It's really nice. They used to do that at Milford's, I think, before it closed. It was mm-hmm. like they took their, um, uh, what's the steak that they would have taken? The sirloin. Yes. It was like a sirloin burger. Yes. And then they made, it's wonderful. Churchill's on Wednesdays. Yes. And okay. it's down downstairs in that really lovely restaurant slash bar. It's just really sweet. So you go downstairs. It's always packed. Nice. So for the listeners, if you, you know, if everything went over your head today about acupuncture, <laughs> at the very least, you've gotten this tidbit. You've gotten Churchill's. Churchill's uh, on Wednesday. Nevertheless, when I do work with my, with my patients, I do explain to them what is acupuncture. And yeah. I have a whole pamphlet. <laughs> I say, I tried to summarize three to 5,000 years into three pages with large font and photos. Here you go. Okay. And, so. then, and then I go over it. And so I make sure that each person, even with the Chinese we go through, they are informed about, you know, the basics of what it, what it is and does. So you know, I, I try that. to make it fun, yeah. you know. Good, good, good. Okay, mm-hmm. that's good stuff to know. How about a favorite activity in the area? That I have not done, that I would um, like to do. Not, that's the next question. So oh. the favorite activity that you like to do already? I love hiking. Love it, love it, love it. And I love going out to coffee with my husband. And we just go and just walk around. We live South Hill area. And so just walking around, going down to the river, and I just love Spokane. I just love the people here. I just love being here. It's um, a thriving city. I love my patients. I, I just really love being here. All right. Hiking mm-hmm. and coffee. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That resonates, I think, with a lot of people. That's <laughs> yes. good. Yeah, and then you already know the next one then, something that you'd like to do but haven't quite done yet. It's on your radar. I didn't get to go, and I, I know some, some people – they went huckleberry picking, and I really wanted to experience oh, that yeah. in the area. Awesome. I'd like to go snowshoeing. Yeah, well, yes. season. I know. Tomorrow. Ski? No, I, I used to, but I was a little bit of a magnet for too many trees and too many accidents. So I'm <laughs> I cross-country more so, but not necessarily downhill anymore. But snowshoeing is something that I, I bought some snowshoes, so I'm really excited. All right. You're mm-hmm. on the way then. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Cool. Well, great. Lastly, if people want to get in touch with you, learn more about um, acupuncture and potentially work with you, what's the best way for them to get a hold of you? I, in case you can't tell, I'm a real verbal person. So I'm best on the phone versus email. So you okay. can call or email. Uh, if you call, please call 509-217-9262. Again, 509-217-9262. And then my assistant, Lisa can set you up for, um, if you need to speak with me, I, I offer like 10 minute, just like a phone consultation okay. and to see if someone would like to come on in and speak with me further for a consultation or if they ac- want an actual treatment. Also, my website, 
people love to read my website, which I love. They, okay. they call me they're like, oh my gosh, I read this and that. I'm like, this is fantastic. So I have a wealth of information about the history of acupuncture, Chinese herbal medicine on emilyfarishacupuncture.com. Awesome. And I will post all that in the show notes. So if you didn't write that down, uh, look for the links in the show notes, the website. Oh, I saw you have a blog on there too. If mm-hmm. they want to read your blog, yes. get in touch with you that way. Mm-hmm. And then you also mentioned... Um, if they want to come in for like a free consultation, mm-hmm. how do they do that? Do they just call and just call. ask Lisa for that? Or? Yes. And then she'll make the appointment in, in my schedule for that. And that's just a meet and greet to see how, how can I help you? Uh, what, what are you working on at this point in your life? How, how can I help to facilitate change you know, for you? What would you like to see? Wh- what I do, can that help you, in my opinion? You know, is it a good fit? Awesome. So, yes. Mm-hmm. I think that's great. We do that at the clinic, obviously, too, is to say, look, we understand that before you make a decision, you might just want to come down and talk to us, see mm-hmm. what we're like, see if mm-hmm. you get a good impression. Mm-hmm. I can think of it. Check out our energy. Yeah. I mean, Check us out. I mean, yeah. do, you, do you feel good when you walk in the door? Do right. you feel like we're yeah. not the right wavelength yeah. for you, you know? Absolutely. Um, and I think that's one of our pros. I mean, we you know, we do that on purpose. Like, come down, check us out because we're mm-hmm. pretty cool, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, <laughs> yes, you are. Uh, but again, um, <laughs> I, I imagine you're in the same boat that we are, that, you know, people – People can use their insurance to yes. some extent with acupuncture. Okay. Yes, they can. So they want to say, okay, well, if I'm going to pay a copay or if I'm going to take time off work, I want to make sure this is going to be worth my time absolutely. and potentially my investment. So yes, absolutely. It's a, it's a great stepping stone. I think I think most of us should be doing it and say, look, I get it. You know, This is not only money, but for some people it's time. Yes. This is time out of my day. Mm-hmm. I work or I have obligations or I have more important things and Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to prioritize my own health, but I want to make sure it's going to be worth it too. Yes. That's awesome. Well, Emily, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I've enjoyed it. Uh, thank you for sharing. It's been great. It was so much fun. Good. I'm so glad that you asked me. I'm really in an honor to, to be here and, and, uh, and just thank you. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you. And, um, to the listeners out there, thank you for listening. I hope you got some good information. I know I learned a lot about acupuncture and, and what it means and, and what I can actually expect. So definitely get in touch with uh, Emily in her office if you have more questions or if you're just looking for that holistic view of someone who maybe can improve your entire life and obviously some specific things too, but just improve the way you feel. So um, please feel free to reach out uh, to her. And again, thank you for listening. Uh, With any luck, I'll be back again in a month or so. And if you're lucky, it'll be a guest interview. And if you're not lucky, it'll be me uh, ranting and raving about you know, my topic of choice, which I've got some in the back of my mind right now. Nice. (laughs) Yeah. So stay tuned either way. (laughs) Um, As always, reach out to me if you'd like to, um, Luke at gordonphysicaltherapy.com. If you have feedback or you have uh, ideas for the show or, you know, you think you've got something cool to say and want to come on with me, please feel free to reach out to me. And otherwise, uh, I hope you're doing well and enjoying the holidays. And um, I'll talk to you again soon. Thanks, everybody. Happy holidays. Thank you for listening to the Stay Healthy Spokane podcast, sponsored by Gordon Physical Therapy. To stay connected with the Stay Healthy Spokane community, visit www.stayhealthyspokane.com. And we will see you next time on the Stay Healthy Spokane podcast.